Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Come on, give him the biggest praise you can tonight, because tonight things are gonna change in your life. All over South Africa, in every CRC church, in television, all over this country, God has a divine appointment with you tonight. And we know tonight is gonna be a special night as God pushes the reset button in your life tonight. Welcome to our Faith TV viewers. Welcome to Praise TV, Facebook Live, YouTube, CRC Online radio stations and then people all over the world from Russia, Israel, America, Europe, India, Pakistan, China, Africa. Do you know that we have 7 million viewers every week just from Russia? Give the Lord a praise for that, hallelujah. I said it this morning, Sunday mornings on one gospel alone and on TBN we have hundreds and hundreds, close to 400,000 people who watch this program and are part of uh, what God is doing through this church, amen. And then also through Praise TV, we are grateful. So how many of you are ready tonight for change, something radical in your life? Uh, God's gonna start something tonight. Welcome to all the churches. Let me welcome them all. Well, we don't have time. We wanna start baptizing people at seven o'clock. So I'm gonna be like God who is light, 300,000 kilometers a second. So uh, welcome to the 30 churches with us all over South Africa, also in, uh, uh, well, you know, there's a lot of people in Bloomingdale, there's thousands and thousands, Johannesburg. We had an amazing time in Johannesburg. Take your seats tonight. Let's get right to what God wants to do tonight. Somebody say freedom. Not gonna be bound no more. Not gonna be in a place that steals victory from my life in any way. I know students have to leave and we are gonna talk to those fantastic people who made these decisions because it's unconstitutional against the country, against the University of Pretoria. So we will not accept some juniors, 20 year olds making a decision to keep first years out of church. I'll deal with that personally this week it will not be tolerated for a second. Not happening. No 20 year old will sit on a committee and make a decision concerning the future of the youth in South Africa. You're messing with the wrong person, let me tell you. We have a lot of professors in our churches, people of influence, we won't allow that. So your little hostile policies, you better shape up and come in line because it ain't gonna go good for you if you don't allow people to serve God the way they should serve God, not accepting it. So it's the last time that anybody will tell you, you may come to church and 6.30 you have to leave to be back in a hostel. Not happening again. It's not happening. And record this and send it to those smart Alex, whoever they are. Because I will not tolerate anybody interfering with what God will do in the lives of people. I mean, the president can talk about the state of the nation. I have to address the state of spirituality and the state of your spiritual life. So I will not allow carnal little individuals to make decisions concerning the future of young people that need God more than anything else. Come on, can I have an amen? Give the Lord a praise, hallelujah. So you don't comply to that rubbish ever again. Because it's against the, the, the rules of the University of Pretoria. It's unconstitutional. So last time, you rebel against it as a young person. Thank you, I'm a righteous rebel and I always will be. I'm not conforming to this world and never will conform to what this world tries to take away from me pertaining to my Christ life. So Galatians 5 verse 1, the Bible says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Say it again tonight, say freedom. Say, stand firm then and do not be yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. God wants His people free. When Jesus saved you, it was to set you free from every hold 
that the world ever had over your life. And this two-year lockdown has affected so many people. You know, in South Africa, we had the worst lockdown from any country in the world. Other countries were allowed to open their churches, close their churches, open their churches. Um, I think America had a three-month lockdown and those pastors are struggling to regain ground. We had to fight for two years for the safe, responsible reopening of churches. So now, because God's kingdom has lost territory and because Satan doesn't play, we are not gonna play either. We are gonna push the reset button and we are going to see young people come on fire and get radical for Jesus Christ and bring in the greatest youth revival, come on, that this country has ever seen in the name of Jesus Christ. But it's gonna start with you tonight. All the junk, all the things that God delivered you from that might be back in your life, tonight as we baptize you, we are gonna lay down and break every work of Satan, every addiction, every bondage, every act of witchcraft. Amen. So the Bible says then in verse 13, you my brothers and sisters were called to be free. Say free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh neither serve one another or but serve one another humbly in love. We spoke about the two kingdoms this morning, not gonna repeat it. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2 verse 8, the Bible says, by grace you have been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of yourself, lest anyone should boast. So God saves you sovereignly by the power of grace and you believe. In the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, when you give your life to Jesus, you get translated from the dominion of darkness, Colossians 1 verse 13, and the Bible says you are conveyed or translated into the kingdom of light. So, once you were darkness, now you are light. Once you were a sinner, now you are a saint. When you were in the kingdom of darkness, your nature was to sin, your desire. Now you're a child of God. Sin is anti your Christ nature. It is not who you are. And we're not talking about sin to put a heavy on you. We believe to be righteousness conscious because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. In verse 21 of the same passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says, for he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, in Christ we've been made righteous. Now we are called to walk in that righteousness. So Colossians 1 verse 13, the Bible says, He delivered us from the power, the dominion, the domain, the authority of darkness, and He conveyed us, translated us, into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So back to that picture, two kingdoms. You cannot stand in the middle. Cyril, <laughs> I didn't mean that to our president, it just rhymed, okay. Um, you cannot sit on the fence, young person. You cannot have your foot in church on a Sunday and on a Saturday, your foot is in a club. And that's why we need to get first years to come to church. And I cannot allow these little people to stop them from coming to church because many of those kids lose themselves the first year when they leave mommy, leave mommy and daddy's homes. We wanna get them into the house of God. We want to get them on fire because there's so much pressure upon these young people to go party and yell and soccer and intercourses. I was also in university but at one stage I was like Joseph, I had to run. I had to do a lot of running as a first year student because it's just party, 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 party. Because now the girl is no longer living with mom and dad. So Satan wants to steal them. So listen to me, youth pastors. You better make a massive issue of this and change it this week and every influence in our church. We have ministers in this church. 
I'll speak to the Minister of Education. I will not tolerate this junk. Not when it comes to people's salvation. Listen to me very carefully. Will not tolerate it from nobody. No committee will not. We tolerated too much in COVID. Now people are cold, lukewarm, backslidden. Pastors acted too weak and compliant. And it cost the kingdom of God greatly. Never again will we give an inch to the devil. So we have been delivered. We've been translated. We are different. We are in this world. We are not of this world. It, it doesn't mean you have to go hair your, wear your hair in a bola. And it doesn't mean you don't wear a t-shirt and all these things. It's got nothing to do with the outward appearance. It's got to do with who you are on the inside. It's got to do with living the life that Jesus purchased for you 2,000 years ago. Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says, For you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So when you go with your friends, you are the light. If you smoke ganja with them, or you do marijuana with them, or you get drunk with them, or you party with them all night, and you then want to invite them to church, guess what? They're not going to come. Because there's two reasons why people don't want to be a Christian. Number one, they know a Christian. Number two, they don't know a Christian. So as a doctor, you are the light. As the business owner, maybe you should turn, I know it's young people here, but maybe you should turn that bar that you build for your staff, where people gather on Friday and they get partying, change it to a coffee bar, amen? I say change, you better change. Get back to where you were. Get back to the things that are right in the sight of God if you want to experience breakthrough in every area of your life. If you look like the world and you smell like the world, you have no witness to the world. Can I have an amen? So when the Bible says light exposes darkness, it doesn't mean you judge people. It means the light in you convicts people of the need of Jesus Christ. If every young girl comes and says, I'm gonna get through university with a sugar daddy. You say, no, I don't need a sugar daddy. I have a heavenly daddy. My God is gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. If everybody in that lawyer's firm sleeps with the director because he promises them that they have a great future, you are the girl that says, no, 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 I'm better than that. You don't own me. You don't buy me. You don't purchase me. I'm not, I'm not oblivious to what happens and we have to talk about these things because it's happening to the real world. Companies take people on retreat, then they entertain them and then they wine and dine them and after a while everybody forgets that they're actually married. And that pressure. Well, as a child of God, you go, you don't judge and condemn. But if everybody gets happy because it's happy hour, the band begins to play and everybody begins to dance with everybody, that's your time to say, see you later, God bless you. And you go lock your hotel room door and you put a chair under the door so that that director that booked the room next, wherever, cannot get into your room. A lot of women get exploited because they have daddy issues. Well, you better resolve that. And you better get a revelation of the love that God has for you. And you better accept the love that God has for you and walk in the freedom that Jesus obtained for you in Jesus' Name. And not allow people to exploit you because you are the light of the world. Say Amen tonight in Jesus' Name. So, a lot of believers in lockdown allowed Egypt to come back allowed lukewarmness to return, allowed the way they used to serve God before they got saved to return. I can't care to done in one. And by the betekenom, they know it. 
dankie vir die eendes reg. Waarachtig die waarheid, pastoor. Ek moet so ding hier so sit, wat sy so spreek die Heere. Dan gaan jylle miskien luister. So tonight we are laying things down and that's why we are saying, I don't believe you have to be baptized again and again. But I cannot overemphasize, I'm not a negative person, that this COVID has caused so much to come back into people's lives. We deal with it. I mean, mental issues, emotional issues, soul ties. And as I said in Johannesburg this morning, um, the, the, the physical issues are the easy things to deal with, to, to break an addiction over you for marijuana or sexual sin. They're not good, but they're easier to break over your life because it is on the outside. The difficult things are these emotional things that people grapple with. Bitterness, hurt, anger, resentment, offense. And that is a door that they feel justified. And Matthew 18, we're going to talk about it next Sunday morning and have communion and deal with these things. And sometimes somebody has hurt you so badly that you have to forgive this, the person 70 times seven. But you cannot be one of those Christians with a list and say, um, you know, I've counseled people already, <laughs> husbands and wives, it's a funny thing. Then I, I always used to start, and I, now I don't because it's a, it's, a, it's a useless exercise. I used to say, write everything you don't like about one another. They write. Because of all the issues that piled up that they never sorted out. Then I say, write the things that you like about one another. And it's like, uh, uh, uh. Because there's so much clutter, so much emotional clutter, so much emotional baggage that are robbing people of the life in Christ Jesus. You know, if we can't get along down here, how are we going to get along up there? Jesus said, by this all men will know you are my disciples by the love you have one for another. So don't underestimate the power of unforgiveness and bitterness and what it's doing in your life. It's like a cancer that is eating away. Betrayal, rejection, hurt. The things that are hidden in the heart that you cannot see on the outside are very often the things that bring greater bondage and steals the liberty and the freedom from God's people. So sometimes people wanna get out of a relationship but they cannot get out of that relationship because there's a soul tie. We have to break that. And I believe that as you come to be baptized tonight, um, that and you confess that to God, not to Sister Bucket Mouth, amen. You, you com- confess that to God because otherwise your business will become everybody else's business. Oh, did you know what Sue got up to? Blah, 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 blah. No, you don't need a priest to confess your sin to. You don't need a private booth to confess your sin to. You have a high priest. You talk to Jesus and you say, God, I messed up, I sinned. I stand before a throne of grace. I'm tired of this in my life. I wanna be free. I said, I wanna be free. I said, I wanna be free. I need your grace. I need your grace. And when you act in obedience to God, God's grace is gonna come and God's grace is gonna set you free. But that requires an honest conversation. Some things are buried so deep in people that when they go through a traumatic experience or something, they go into their default, which is their old bad behaviour. You understand that? Like your TV goes into the default mode, your computer goes into a default mode. So you have a default mode as well. And, And if you haven't programmed that consistently to a Christ mode, then when certain pressures come, you go to that default mode. And This isolation, I don't blame people, but I am a pastor for 35 years. I realized that it brought so much pressure on people that some people got crazy. They lost themselves. And God's not mad with you. God is saying to you, hey, come back home. Hey, come back to Jesus. Hey, don't become part of President Soroma Posa's cannabis project. Go burn the tree in your background because you are not going to make cannabis oil. You are just going to smoke it so you can live high. But I'll tell you, there's no high like the Holy Ghost high. Come on. When Jesus lifts you up, He never lets you down. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. He never fails you. He never forsakes you. 
He never abandons you. Everything else takes you up and brings you down. How many of you know what I'm talking? Come on. Some of you did drugs, but you do drugs no more. Some of you smoke marijuana. Me being one of them, you smoke marijuana no more. Amen. Amen. So whatever came back, you're going to bury it. And you're going to tell your friends. And you're not going to make excuses. Can you hear amen here? I mean, sometimes people, they do something, they wake up the next morning, they have to bite off their arm. <laughs> so, so John chapter 8, verse 36, the Bible says, Therefore, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. So that's God's plan for your life. We'll talk about the baptism of fire next week. And we are going to baptize people, but we're going to build a big bonfire as well. And we're going to ask people to write, especially emotional issues, that you will write that thing that is keeping you in bondage, that hurt, that anger, that resentment, whatever it is. You're going to write it and you're going to burn it. And some of you are going to take your ropes that you received from the Sangoma and you received from the witch doctor and your spiritualism and all the other rubbish that you dabbled into. Rubbish, yes. You're going to come and burn your books of astrology. You're going to come and burn your, 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 your things of the world. You're going to come and burn. That means you are going to break. You're going to separate. You're going to cut away the reproach of Egypt. You're going to live for God. You're going to be the Daniel, the Shadrach, the Meshach, the Abednego, the young person in your generation that will stand for God. Come on! That will not be defiled by this world. That will not bow to the graven image that this world is setting up. You will be the radical one. You will be the on fire one. You will be the Elijah. You will be the Esther of your generation. Shout Amen in Jesus' Name. So, Jesus, when John talks about Him in Luke chapter 3, says He will ignite, Luke chapter 3, 17 to 18, Message Bible, the kingdom life, a fire. How many of you know we need a fire? A Holy Ghost fire. Some Christians have become so lukewarm and they're okay with it. I mean, two years ago they were afraid and they didn't come to church. But there's nothing to be afraid of any longer. Get your blessed assurance back in the house of the Lord. Get your family back in the house of the Lord and serve the Lord. Oh, come on, shout Amen. Someone give Him just a praise. So He says, the Holy Spirit within you changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean a house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. It's what we're doing, reset. We want to put everything in place, proper in the sight of God. We wanna get rid of the skeletons. We wanna get rid of the junk. We want to get to a place of repentance because there can be no revival if there's no repentance. And part of repentance is restitution where you have to go to your friends that you lost your mind with and say, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up. I, I, I was clubbing for the last two years and it's not right. I've come to my senses, I'm sorry. But now I've come back to Jesus. Why don't you always come, also come back to Jesus? Why don't you also serve God? Your honesty is a powerful thing. If you will go to your brother, to your cousin, to your friend, even to your children, and you will sit them down and say, I'm sorry, I have not been a Christ example to you, but I'm back. Serving God, flat out. Come Sunday, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. We will not make it optional. We will be a family on fire. We will be a family hungry 
for the things of God in Jesus' name. I mean, yes, Angelique, there's a baby. It's not a disease. It's called a baby. Some young people have babies. You don't see them for two years. And after two years, you never see them again. Because they treat the baby like a porcelain doll. Don't you realize that your babies in your wombs, those of you that are pregnant, hear me? They hear me in your womb. They get filled with the Holy Ghost in your womb. Like John the Baptist was, six months old. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. They're spiritually alive. Suddenly you take them out of the house of God because you have to get them into a routine. Whose routine? Raise your children in the ways of God. Get them into the house of God, young person. I know I'm a loud preacher. Put some cotton wool in their ears or whatever and protect their ears. They'll be fine. But, you know, when you take them out of church, that's, and they shout all the time is because they're not used to that quiet environment that you're suddenly creating for them. They're used to a lot of noise. And they get born and suddenly the only noise is there. That's why your child's crying all the time. Because you've isolated your child. But you carry that baby to church every Sunday. Now you don't put your foot in the house of God. Near man, near. Raise your children in the ways of the Lord. Amen. So we have to reclaim our freedom in Christ. We have to repent and turn away from every work of the flesh. We have to break with Egypt. We have to publicly profess our faith, baptism. We have to follow the example of Jesus who was baptized, by the way. When He came to John, you can read it for time's sake. Matthew chapter 3. John said, I have to be baptized by you. Jesus said, no, all righteousness have to be fulfilled. I have to be the first. I have to be the pattern, the example of what should happen. And he was baptized. Baptism is a command to all believers after salvation. Mark chapter 16, verse 16. Who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Matthew 28. Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Acts chapter 2. When revival broke out, and the people cried out to the apostles and said, what must we do? Peter said, repent. Repent means a decision to change. 180 degree turnaround. I was darkness, now I'm light. Walk as a child of light. I'm different. I'm not in the world. I'm not part of the world. I'm part of the God system in Jesus' name. He says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. What is that? That is my decision to break with the world. I think that we have underestimated the importance of baptism. That's why I'm doing this. Where baptism is just a by the way. No. When people get saved in church on a Sunday or in a crusade, the grace of God touches them. The Holy Ghost touches them. They get convicted by the Holy Spirit. They give their lives to Jesus. Now they have to take the second step. Now they have to go think about it. And now they have to think. Do I want to follow this Jesus? And that is baptism. Where they then come and they make a public profession, listen, to their friends, their family. So when you get baptized, it's not there where nobody can see you. Actually, baptism should be as follows. You should invite all your drinking buddies. You should invite all your friends. You should invite all your family. And when you climb in that water bath, that's when you say, I ain't identifying with sin no longer. I'm not judging you, but I was blind. Now I see I am washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I, listen, have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus Christ. And I present this body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is my reasonable service. So when you're baptized, it's your act of obedience. It's not something that's by the way. Because now your friends know. And by the way, if we do it right and your friends sit there, they're going to get convicted. And they're going to get saved. That's why we don't do the Christianity under a bushel. We don't do it there in a corner somewhere. All your friends should know you're a born-again Christian. 
That's why you can no longer go club with them. You can't go hang out in every drinking place. They can't even gaan wijnie. They can't even gaan wijnie. I remember we, I was eating with a few pastors in a certain place. Maybe some of you are sitting here tonight. And they were having this party. The restaurant was down there, the hotel, in the swimming pool. And I saw these girls going up in bikinis and the guys going up in costumes, not to be baptized, but they were having a party. I mean, publicly, unashamed. Unashamed. We're in the church and we're ashamed. We're ashamed what people will think if I get baptized, but when we sin, we're not ashamed. I mean, I was a sinner. I don't care what you think. I smoked publicly, drunk publicly, got arrested twice in Hoffman Square for fighting publicly. Didn't care what people think. But now we're Christians and we suddenly ashamed. It's like we don't want to tell everybody, anybody who we are. I'm not saying judge your friends, but you better make up your mind to stand for something or you will fall for everything else and anything else. You better make up your mind. So I, as I came out of the restaurant, obviously a lot of people that have been to our church and you can see when people recognize you and they all think you recognize them. So just the way they look at you, you know that they recognize you. And then there were a few guys standing there with girls and I walked to them because that's what I do. Evangelists started talking to them and they called me pastor. Hello, pastor. How you doing? Except, no, I'm doing fine, thank you. I think I'm doing a little bit better than you. But um, um, I know tomorrow you're having a headache. I'm not having one. And tomorrow you may regret what you are doing. We can't have this backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards with Jesus Christ. We have to cut the world. Listen, we have to put the world behind us. Say amen tonight in Jesus' name, young person. If you're not persuaded tonight, maybe in two weeks you will be. Satan, it doesn't play. I said he doesn't play. So uh, the significance of baptism is quickly, it is a final separation, a conscious act of your will, which is repentance, mind. It's where you consciously allow God to break the yoke of sin over your life. Where you actively break with everything that is ungodly. And when we talk about that, we read a list this morning. It is spiritual, emotional, and physical, all three areas. We need freedom in all three areas. Say amen. It is a laying down of the old and receiving the new, identifying with the new. So that is a grave. That is a memorial. When you get baptized, that old ugly you is dead. And that old ugly you the only one who can resurrect that old ugly you is you. So you need to, when the world wants to come back, you have to remind yourself that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The world has no power over me. When your, your friend comes and says, let's, let's go, you know, there's a new... Uh, Drink black, but let's go have a beer. You say, Did you forget who you are? Did you forget who I am? I'm a child of God. I don't judge you, but are the things I used to do, Lord. I no longer do the places I used to go, Lord. I no longer go. The people I used to hang out with, I no longer hang out with, except to evangelize them and save them. Say amen. Get radical with Jesus, young person. Stop looking at the world and think that you're missing out. I'll say it again. Stop looking at the world as if the world can give you anything. And you see the fake happiness and the fake joy that those people have. But look in their eyes. They are hollow. They are dead. They are unhappy. 
and they want somebody to show them the way. So don't be fooled by them getting high on cocaine or high on drugs or high on alcohol or high on anything else and it seems attractive. That's what sin will do. Sin is attractive. Sin promises to please you only to enslave you. The wages of sin is death. The paycheck of sin is death. Death and more death. It is never gonna change. It is never gonna change. It might be emotional death. You see, when you deal with people that have slept around a lot, they really have a lot of emotional issues. That's why as a young person, you wanna keep yourself pure and holy because every time you sleep with somebody, you have an emotional soul tie with that person that has to be broken. Are you listening? It's not just a physical act. You get tied to that person. And it has to be broken. And Satan will know exactly when you're vulnerable. You're walking, serving God, and suddenly that man of two years ago sends you an SMS and you respond against your will. How does that happen? He still has a hold over you. You've never broken that soul tie over your life. You are not walking in the freedom and the liberty of Christ. And I believe that if you'll come before God and you are hungry to be free and you say it to God, then God's gonna set you free. And then you go home and you use the brain that God gave you and you block and delete nasty, ugly, uh, whatever his name is. Go block him and delete him. Don't come and give me the thing. Oh, I feel sorry for him. Sorry? Or must I use Paul's word? Sorry, no. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. We're on a journey as sons and daughters of light and we don't want to go back. Say, I don't want to go back. Say it. Say it, I don't want to go back. Say it, I don't want to go back. Say it, I don't want to go back. In the name of Jesus Christ, because Christ has set you free. So freedom, young person. That Christ has set you free. You know, um, I travel, I've traveled a lot and I'm going to start traveling a lot now. I've been all over the world and I've been to Hollywood. I've been everything that they present as glamorous when you get there, it's not glamorous at all. Because this social world that you live in portray things as glamorous and as fantastic and wonderful. And people think, ah, oh, that's life. The housewives of whatever. Oh my word, Jesus help us. Thank God I'm not married to something, to someone like that. The pastors of Hollywood make me puke. Disgusting. So in 1 Peter chapter 3, I have to close here for this portion. Listen, he says, therefore, it is also an antitype which now saves us baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he says, baptism doesn't destroy the filth of the flesh, but it's your obedience to what Jesus did by removing and breaking the power of sin over your life and then receiving the resurrection life of Christ. And I'll explain it now after the television audience leaves us. It's great to have you with us. It's always an honor. We love you. I said I'm going off a certain channel and we had so many people say, please, uh, this is uh, our service on a Sunday. So, um, yeah, we are. And God loves you. If you can come to church, come to church. Um, there's a lot of people, I understand, your daughter has an issue, etc., etc. So we'll stay on these platforms for your sake. But write us so we can start support groups for you in whatever town you're in. Uh, even the online church we do all over the world. We've got home cells all over the world. I don't know how many nations Sylvester can say. And we're starting churches all over the world because of that. 
Because we understand that you have to be in a church and you have to be with other believers and you have to do life together as Christians. Isolation is not God's plan. Never has been, never will be. So it is an honor to share with you because I know God touches people through television. I've heard many of your testimonies. For those of you that have never surrendered your life to Jesus, you are never going to find peace, happiness outside of Jesus Christ. And you know, the most unhappiest person, if that's correct in English, is a person that has Jesus but serves Jesus half-heartedly. It just does not work because the Holy Spirit is grieved all the time. And if the Holy Spirit is grieved, that means you have no joy and you have no peace. Get right with God. Tonight you go in your room. You kneel by the side of your bed and you give your life back to Jesus Christ. You don't need somebody else to coach you. You need to be honest right where you sit tonight and re-surrender your life to Jesus. He's waiting for you, not as your judge, but as your Savior, to lift you, to cleanse you, and to forgive you. So let me explain baptism quickly in five minutes if you can. Romans 6 verse 1 to 23. I'll read the Bible and it is self-explanatory. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been united together in the likeness of His death, where He faced judgment and water speaks about the judgment of God, that's why we have to go underwater because that's where we identify with the judgment of sin. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that your old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Say it tonight, say, I am free. No, that's a few of you. Say it tonight. Don't let that mask muzzle you. Say, I am free. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. He who died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, here it is, we believe that we should also live with Him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the day that He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life that He lives, He lives to God. So we die once. We identify with the death, the burial of Jesus Christ. Then we rise with Christ out of the water and we walk in newness of life with the power of the Holy Ghost. It says, likewise, you also reckon, that means make a decision yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God. Say, I am alive to God. In Christ Jesus our Lord, therefore, choice, decision. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not, choice, decision, self-control, present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not, because grace is the power that breaks the hold of sin over your life. Grace is the power that changes the desire in your heart. And that's what Paul says, how is it that you have fallen from grace? When you give yourself or surrender yourself to Christ or you make a conscious decision again, then God's grace is released to work. But God's grace cannot work if you don't work with grace. Are you listening? He says, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, but you are one slaves whom you obey, whether to sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, Yet you have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Why? Because it's your new nature. That's who you are. 
You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's the power that works on the inside of you. The power of righteousness, right standing with God. Now listen to what he says, Paul, I like his humour and his intellect, very intellectual man. So he has to explain things so everybody can understand. He says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. You know, before I got saved, I enjoyed sin. Before I got saved, I never felt bad about sin. Before I got saved, all we would talk about was the party we had on a Friday, the drinking party we had on a Saturday, the party we had on a Sunday, and I never felt bad about it. Why? Because I was free from righteousness. I was a sinner. And that's what a sinner does. A sinner sins without a conscience. That's a sinner. When you're a Christian, it's different. You can't sin and feel good about it. Even if you said, that was the best time of my life. I can say, duh, I can see. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you had so much energy. Listen, 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 listen. Some of you have so, had so much energy to sin. You, you never ran out of energy. Let's just, can we talk honestly for a moment? How can sin have so much power and energize us to that point where we would go out at eight o'clock, nine o'clock after a full day's work and then we would go drink, party till two, three o'clock in the morning, go sleep three hours, get back to work uh, and we were never tired. Now you're in church and after an hour, it's like, but, but how did sin energize you and righteousness does not? How did sin energize you and grace does not energize you? How did sin get you to sacrifice anything and everything and you cannot sacrifice your time. Suddenly you are tired all the time. Too tired to read your Bible. Too tired to come to church. Too tired to go to a home cell. Too busy. But when you were a sinner, you always had the time. Oh, come on those of you that are saved and know what I'm talking about, say amen. Because it is the godly truth. It is the godly truth. How could we serve this world better than we serve our Master Jesus? I mean, thank God it's Friday. People worked and they partied all night, all Saturday, all Sunday, back to work. Now we Christians come to church once on a Sunday and we're tired. But I mean, if you had a date, Suddenly 10 o'clock you'd come alive. Your flesh. Can I preach? But now, now, now we're children of God. And suddenly serving God is this heavy thing. And it's like people think they're missing out on something. Can you, can you write down what you're missing out on? Can you write out what the world is giving you? Can you write out the reward of, of what you're busy with? Can you write out the end of that, where that's leading to? Can you write it? Can you? Can you? Can you write it? Can you write? Can you look at your life before you got saved and how energized you were to sin? And then you look at your life now as Christ and the question is, and should be asked, how energized are you now to serve Jesus Christ and the Kingdom of God and fulfill the Great Commission? Because you fulfilled the devil's commission by sinning. 
and you did it with all your soul, all your mind and all your body. Now I see people, they go to weddings and then they start partying and amal dance. This is going to be pastor all day because people look at me and then they think, please just go, just go so that we can do, you know, what we want to do. But they're members. Then I think, like a monk. Jesus and die as you now trouw het, dan raak je soos allemaal. Dan praat je soos allemaal, je drinkt soos allemaal. Zondag sê je halleluja. Ek veroordeel jy nie, ek vraag wie jy? Waar staan jy? Want dat is nie middel weg nie. Dat is nie tussen in nie, dat is nie heining nie. I'm not saying you don't go and you dress nice and etc, etc. I'm saying, who are you? When everybody else represents the world and you are a child of God, do you become like them? Say, stand fast in the liberty. Say, shine as lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. He says, you are living epistles. That means people are reading you all the time. Not just, I'm going to church. They read you. They read you at work. They read you when you gossip. They read you when you go on social media and spit your hatred. They read you. They read you. Paul says our lives should be such a way that even with one word, people should be one because of the lives that we live. Integrity in business, fair wages. Not even go there now. But being Christian, Christ-like, are you listening to me? Because you are the first fruits of revival and if you are not radical for Jesus Christ, then the light, the Bible says, if the light in you becomes darkness, how great is that darkness? If you still think it's light, but it's actually darkness. You still think you're okay, but you are carrying darkness. He says, how great is that darkness? Because you are influencing people in the wrong way. Rather than drawing people to Christ, you're pushing people from Christ. I mean, when I heard about that home cell where the leader lost his mind, cake, and then got other people to smoke marijuana in the home cell, I thought, cake, pal, it's not in Pretoria, it's not in Johannesburg, it's not wherever else. But listen, listen very carefully, and listen to me very carefully. If you're a leader and you want to go sin, then go be like Jonah. Sit under a tree, but you don't influence anybody else. You don't drag somebody else to where you want to go. Hmm. I want to say things that we've had to deal with is unbelievable. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Shocking. The level that people have lost their minds. It's unbelievable. That's why people better wake up very quickly and come back to God. So he says, what fruit did you have? I'm finished. Verse 21. That's a long five minutes. Amen. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things are death. But now, Having been set free from sin, you become slaves of God. You have your fruit to holiness and in the end, everlasting life for the paycheck. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you choose 
your paycheck. You choose your reward. You choose. Jesus did it all. Don't grace me. Don't grace me. I understand grace. Grace empowers you. Grace sets you free. Grace takes you places you can't take yourself. Grace breaks the hold of sin, the stranglehold. Changes you. Where your boyfriend cannot manipulate you all the time. And you want to break with him, but you can't break with him. And I'll tell you why, girl. Because you've got a soul tie with him. And he's going to drag you into a marriage which is destroying you and destroying your personality. And because you've slept with him before marriage, you are not getting out of that relationship. You better lay that thing down. And then you better tell him, hey, buddy, you never put those filthy hands. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I've come to my senses. I'm, I've given myself back to God. Can I have an amen from some girl here tonight in Jesus? Amen. We have to deal with this in Johannesburg a lot. People just stay together. They live together. They come to church, live together. I don't judge you, but hey, it's not cool, man. No, we're not sleeping together. We're just living together. Man, gaan sê dit vir jou oma. So what is it? You're all two free caster. So you're not a free caster, but I've just got this. Gaan praat jou jou geestelike nonsens met iemand anders. It's not going to fly with me. Freedom. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Maybe you're sitting here tonight, there in Durban, in Vintuk, Gabrone, Bloemfontein. I don't share this message because I want to bring a heavy upon people. I bring this because COVID has taken a lot away from people. And many people have gone into a default setting because of isolation, pressure, job loss, emotional trauma, whatever it is. Many people have run to places and former places. And you know, God stands as that prodigal son's father. He doesn't judge you. He stands with his arms open wide and he's calling you to re-surrender. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving. You're sitting in this place tonight. You say, Pastor, I need to re-surrender. This is for me. I'm not going to be part of this world system. I'm not going to live this way any longer. I want to surrender all to Jesus. Forget your friend around you. Forget anybody else. Listen to your own heart. And if you're not in the right place with God, and you know that you have to make right with God and surrender your life to Jesus Christ tonight, then I suggest you do it before you even get baptized. Maybe you served God at one time, but you've grown cold. You've wandered away from Him. Tonight you wander back to Jesus. Tonight you make the commitment. You have to respond to grace. For grace to change you. You can't change yourself. You have to decide. I want freedom. I want to live for God. There in Bloomingdale, you're in Pretoria. That's the cry of your heart tonight. I want to pray for you. If that's your desire. And tonight you say, Pastor, I need to restart, a fresh start with God. I want you to slip your hand up quickly before I say a prayer. Raise it up quickly all over this place. Raise it up, raise it up. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Many hands everywhere. Slip it up. Now, there in Cape Town, Pots of Strum, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Tonight. It's not a word of judgment, it's a word, a word of liberty and freedom. Because this world is a way to reel you back. How does the world reel you back? Through people. People. People try to reel you back. That's why you have to make a firm stand in front of your friends and give your life to Jesus. Last time before I pray, vanavond praat God met jou, jy weet, jy weet God met jou praat vanavond. Tell jou aan vanavond op, sê ja. Sluit my naai gebed in, vanavond, tell hem op. Everybody lift your hands and pray this prayer with me because some of you need to pray this prayer where you stand tonight as well. Say Jesus, say it, say Jesus. Tonight, I re-surrender my life to you. I give myself back to you. Forgive me for every sin. 
Tonight I repent. And I turn back to you. And I open my life, my heart. And I invite you, Jesus, to take your place as my Lord and my Savior. Please, break every hold of the devil over my life. You promised to set me free. And tonight, I receive freedom in every area of my life. I forgive every person that sinned against me. Freedom is what I receive in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, that's a beautiful thing. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.